This is HEC Media. Welcome to Talking with Authors, a program dedicated to speaking with some of the best-selling authors around, covering many different genres. I'm your podcast host, Rod Milam, for HEC Media. With the help of independent bookstore Left Bank Books and the St. Louis County Library, we're able to sit down with amazing writers and thought leaders to discuss their work, their inspiration, and what makes them special. By the way, you can also watch video versions of most of these interviews by going to hecmedia.org. Now, after the initial weeks of the coronavirus global shutdown, we were able to set up remote interviews with many authors. Now, sound quality might be slightly different than our previous podcasts, but they still contain the same great content that you've come to expect. Today, our guest is Sweden's queen of crime, Camilla Lackberg. We spoke with her via Zoom in July of 2020 about her latest book, The Golden Cage, by publisher Penguin Random House. Camilla Lackberg's books have been translated into 40 languages and have sold over 20 million copies. In addition to being one of Europe's most recognizable crime novelists, she's an entrepreneur, co-founder of an investment firm dedicated to helping women start their own businesses, and creator of a popular Swedish soap opera. But even with all her very projects, her true passion has always been crime, and it's been influencing her writing ever since she was a child. My very first book was called Santa. It was four pages long. On the first page, there's Santa and his wife, and they're smiling and holding hands and everything. It's really hunky-dory. And four pages later, at the end, things have gone really, really bad. And Santa's wife is lying on the ground, beaten to death with blood running from her Santa hat. So I usually say that I think I had two career choices in life to choose from. Either I could become a crime writer or a serial killer. So I think I made the right choice. We'll hear more about her formative years, learn about her inspiration for the characters in her crime novels, and get some insight into how her career and celebrity status has changed her hometown. Camilla Lackberg joins us now on this edition of Talking with Authors from HEC Media and HEC Books. Here's our host this time, Angie Weidinger. Camilla Lackberg, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So are you outside Stockholm or in the Stockholm area? Uh, I live uh, inside Stockholm, but right now that where the house we're at is uh, like 30 minutes outside of Stockholm. Gotcha. And so much of the golden cage takes place in Stockholm. Let me tell you, I finished that book just a couple of days ago and holy cow, the ending. <laughs> don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't give it away. I won't spoil it only to say that it is so good. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I have to wonder, when you set out in writing this book, did you have that ending that you knew that that was how it was going to end or did that just come to you? How did that work? Uh, I didn't know the exact details of the ending. I, I never do when I write my books, but I knew, you know, approximately, uh, I knew the destination I was going in. Wow. And, and I also read somewhere that when you write that it, it's, it's very visual to you. Is that right? You, you, you see it? Yes, I've, I've had quite a few of my books adapted for television and the people that write the manuscript and that adapt it for television always say that it's quite easy to adapt and I think the reason is because I'm a very visual writer and I do picture the scenes and then kind of just describe them on the pages. Wow. Well, you, so you mentioned the other books that you've written there. You had 10 books that you wrote that were based on this kind of power couple Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But this is a departure. We we meet a new character in this book, Faye, and yeah. and and it is it is 
a departure in many ways. I mean, you, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I so I read somewhere that that some somewhere you said that Faye is kind of your alter ego. Is is that is that so? I would say that I'm I'm quite the mix between my previous heroine Erica, uh, that was the main heroine in my previous ten books, uh, and Faye. I think Faye is very much the kind of woman I would love to be and love to become. Not. 100% not totally. You will understand, of course, uh, all sure. the readers out there when you read about her. But <laughs> she's pretty badass. The first few chapters in particular, but then really the whole book, I mean, it's racy for, for a little bit. Did you? It is. <laughs> I'm getting flushed just talking about it. <laughs> Do you? That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, this had to have been, I read somewhere that you wanted a challenge. Did, were yeah. those parts challenging for you to write? Yes, I mean, I've actually avoided writing racist scenes um, in my books for like 15 years as a writer uh, for many reasons. Uh, one reason is that I have the deepest respect for how hard it is to write good sex scenes. And when they're not written well, they're so horrible. So I was kind of scared. And also, I've always pictured my mother reading my books. Um, so that always freaked me out as well. But then I do like a good challenge. And I also realized that this book, uh, these books about faith, they actually needed um, racy sex scenes. So I just had to dive in the deep end and do it. So did you have to talk to your mom? Say, okay, mom. <laughs> oh, my mom. She loves the books about Faye. And she insists on calling them the sex books. And I'm like, please stop doing that, mom. Uh, but uh, she enjoyed them. And she can't yeah. stop talking about it. So I'm, I'm deeply embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So she, she has, and you say them. That means I, I, there isn't, there is another one that's, coming out soon there, right? Yeah, that's in, in, in the US, the Golden Cage is coming out now, um, 7th of July, but in Sweden, um, the second book came out in April, so you're, you're a little bit behind. So in Sweden, there's two books out with Faye. I'm so glad because at the end, <laughs> as I mentioned, I had so many questions, so. Yeah, they will be answered in the next books. Do you, do you think that this will become, I mean, you have 10 in your other series. Do you see this having a long life as well? I don't know. I mean, originally I decided that I would write two books about Faye, but since then Faye has become so loved by the audience, by the readers and by myself. I absolutely love her. And uh, she's also become you know, inspiring to people. I have friends who text me and say that, you know what, I did a fate today uh, when they do something bold and brave. So I kind of like that. So I, I think there will be more, but I never decide beforehand how many books I'm going to write in a series. So I'll, I'll write as long as I have passion for it and uh, joy in writing them. There's a lot about revenge in this book. And I saw that you were inspired by Faye Weldon's The Life and Loves of a She-Devil. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite books. I've, I've loved it since I was a teenager. Um, and there's something so primal about it. And revenge is such a deep feeling for human beings. You can, I mean, if you go back to the Bible, we have revenge in the Bible. Uh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. 
Um, so I just think that that is something that humans have inside of them and that will always carry with us. So I, I think it's deeply fascinating with revenge. Yeah, and in, I mean, in the book, they talk about, Faye talks about how everyone has been betrayed by a man. And, yeah. and that's, you know, it's such a, it's such an interesting uh, turn that happens with her. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. Can you talk about a time? I mean, cause immediately as you're reading it, you think about oh, yeah, yeah. that time. Can you talk about a time that you were betrayed and you know, you wanted revenge? Well, you know, there, there are times in my life when I've wanted to um, get revenge on a man. Um, I've been screwed over, of course, during my life. As I said, we all have at some point in our life. But, uh, of course, most people, myself included, don't act on it like Faye does. But that being said, I think it's deeply therapeutical to have fantasies about revenge. And, oh, have I fantasized about revenge? Yes, I have. So now you could use Faye to take it out, right? That was, that's your, your mode of transportation there. Well, there are some stories in there that are from my own life. I, I can't tell you which ones. That's for me to know and the reader to guess. But there are some things that uh, I have borrowed from myself. I gotcha. Well, in addition to revenge, then there is an incredible story of girl power in yeah. this story. I mean, you know, women, you know, going to the forefront and just taking life by the horns. And I, I noticed that in your, the, the book is dedicated to Christina. And then in yeah. your acknowledgments, you, you talk about uh, a co-founder, Christina, is it Saliba? Yeah. Is that the same Christina? I used the same Christine. I'm both business partner and friend for many, many years. And one thing that I've observed over the years, uh, both being a businesswoman and being a writer and being a woman, um, is that men are so much better at helping each other with careers, with supporting each other. Um, and women, we're not that good at that and that's a big problem for us we really really need to pick up our game when it comes to that and then you you and christina have started this company in fact invest in her that i yeah. mean it is it, it would be invest in her would invest in revenge in a heartbeat wouldn't it <laughs> oh it would it really would but uh, so because we have specialized in uh giving investment capital to women because in Sweden, as in the rest of the world, uh, females get only a fraction of the investment capital that men does. And we wanted to change that. So we decided to start our own investment company. Wow. What, tell me about some of the success stories that you've seen with that. Well, we are quite new. We've uh, been up and running for two years, so we still haven't done an exit. But uh, our companies that have been, we have invested in are doing very, very well. Um, so we are so excited to keep uh, supporting them and following them and offering whatever help and capital we can. And uh, the sky is the limit. So I also have to know then, okay, so we were just talking about Christina Saliba. Was she inspiration for a character in the book called Chris? Because Chris, yeah. Chris is my favorite character in the whole book. I Chris is absolutely fantastic. And Christina has very much inspired uh, the character of Chris. And Chris is the girlfriend that you really, really want to have. 
the one who never gives you the party lines. Uh, she always tells it like it is, even when it's something you don't want to hear. And we all need that girlfriend. Oh, yeah. She's and she's great. always up for fun. She's always up for fun. We all need that girlfriend, too. Yeah, she is. From the beginning, when she entered, I was like, well, I like Chris. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a good She's character. a girl's girl, yeah. <laughs> so is that, was that a character that you had in mind as you wrote the book the whole way through, or did she just kind of develop as, as the story went along? No, she kind of developed while I, I wrote the book, uh, or she came quite ready. When I started writing about her, I could see her very, very clearly. And I always had very much fun writing the episodes with Chris in the book. Because, um, you know, she's the one that, you know, will call you up and say that, Rob, whatever you're doing, we're doing, we're painting the town red tonight. <laughs> and I love those friends that really get you out of your, like, everyday, everyday life. Is that it how? It reminds you to have fun. Right, right. So you have friends. And is this, is your friend Christine kind of like that too? Uh, yeah. And I mean, she's a, Chris is a mix of several friends. Uh, I have a couple of friends like that. Um, I've, I've started to collect them. I enjoy those kind of friends very much. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> those are the best. That's great. Yeah. Now, Faye is from Fieldbaka. Yeah, that's, that's very good pronunciation. Very good. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, very good. That place shows up obviously a lot in your your other series, Fieldbaka. Yeah. Right? That's the basis for those books. But that's also your hometown, right? Yes, my mother still lives there, and it's a place I grew up. So I didn't really intend for Fieldbaka to show up in the books about Faye, but it just kind of did. Um, so it just happened that she, that's where Faye also came from. And I didn't know that when I started writing the books. Wow. So I have to wonder, I mean, your mom still lives there. You grew yeah. up there and with all your books, I think I read that there've been like 80 crimes, 80 murders there. <laughs> <laughs> fictional murders, fictional yeah. crimes yeah. that have happened. But I mean, so... <laughs> What do the people at Fiobaca and your mom think about you wreaking havoc in this little town? Well, they actually love it. There's only a, pe a thousand people living in Fiobaca. So I always joke and say that if I, because I kill an average two people in every book, I could write 500 books before I'm out of people in, in Fiobaca. But they do actually love it. Whenever I go back, people always come up to me and say that, oh, you know, you could put a body in my backyard or in my bathtub. Or they always have, so you could kill my mother-in-law. They always have a lot of suggestions. And there's also um, a guided tour. And I joined it. I, I brought friends to Fjellbaka. They were there for the first time this fall. And so we joined the guided tour together with two Australian ladies. And the guide and I, we had an agreement that she wouldn't tell them who I was. And they didn't recognize me. So I asked so many stupid questions about Camilla Lachberg. And then we ended the tour at my mom's apartment. And they didn't catch on until they saw all the pictures of the woman on their tour on the walls of my mother's apartment. That was fun. Oh, you probably had to scoop up some chins from the floor when they figured out where yeah, they were. They were they were surprised but very happy. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
And I'm sure and my friends had such a hard time not giving it away because they were giggling the whole, whole tour when I asked questions about myself. Nice. That's great. <laughs> and I'd ask questions like, well, you know, I heard she was a really, really nerdy in school. Is that true? I had so much fun. <laughs> That's great. And I, I assume your mom is like a celebrity in the town now, right? Yes, they actually, uh, whatever, I mean, there's a lot of foreign magazines, uh, no, magazines from foreign countries that come to Fjallbacka. And whenever they ask for, for me, if they, you know, they just go there by chance and they ask someone in a store or something, if I'm there, uh, people always answer, no, Camilla's not here, but we can call her mom if you want to. And my mom, she's retired, she's 82, and she's very social, so she always comes and so she's been interviewed and photographed for so many magazines and she loves it she loves the attention oh, that's the best retirement ever <laughs> yes I've just I've forbidden her though to show the many pictures of myself as a baby naked <laughs> those pictures I said no 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 don't show those otherwise she would have I know you have to set some restraints a little bit. <laughs> Give yeah, she does not have any boundaries at all. So I need to set those boundaries firmly. That's great. I mean, think, life is a little different for you than a lot of authors. I mean, you are a celebrity. I mean, a, of quite epic proportions there, right? Yeah, it always sounds funny when you hear it about yourself, but in, in Sweden, we have a situation, and in Europe, where authors, in a different way than in America, um, authors are celebrities. I mean, I've done Dancing with the Stars and, and those shows, and um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange sometimes. I'm always in the gossip magazines and with ridiculous articles sometimes. What is that? You know, the kind of articles where they write, that I've given birth to a two-headed alien kind of articles. I mean, do you even look at them anymore? I mean, what is that like? No, I, I don't really, I've, I guess I've kind of gotten used to it. And I also, uh, I also think that that's something you can't complain about because it's voluntarily, I can withdraw from public life if I want to. I don't have to have Instagram. I don't have to do TV shows. No one's forcing me to do that. So, and I do get a lot of uh, advantages. I get to meet amazing people, people I've admired my whole life. I get to do fantastic, fun things. Dancing with the Stars, for example. Who doesn't want to show your butt on TV in a cha-cha? Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think I really can complain about the negative things. I think the positive things outweigh. Talking back to your mom a little bit, I mean, so I read that you wrote your first book when you were, what, like four or five in Fjallbaka? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, I started doing books very early, but I couldn't, when I was four, I couldn't write. So I would draw pictures and fold the papers into a book, you know, and I asked my dad to write the text that I told him to write. And my very first book, um, it was called Santa. It was four pages long. On the first page, there's Santa and his wife, and they're smiling and holding hands and everything is really hunky-dory. And four pages later, at the end, things have gone really, really bad. And Santa's wife is lying on the ground, beaten to death with blood running from her Santa hat. So I usually say that I think I had two career choices in life to choose from. Either I could become a crime writer or a serial killer. So I think I made the right choice. I think so too. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and your, 
your parents, I mean, were supportive of this. I mean, I think, didn't you read like all of Agatha's Christie's stories, her books? Yes. I mean, my parents were, my parents were strangely supportive of my very weird interests as a child. Uh, other little girls would read about horses and I would read about Ted Bundy. Uh, but they always supported me. And I was seven when I started reading uh, the Agatha Christie books that I found in my father's bookshelf. And uh, we would, you know, share conversations of them. My dad and I, he was an avid book reader. He loved crime. Uh, he never got to experience me becoming a crime writer, but I'm sure he's so happy somewhere up there in the clouds. Um, so it, it was just a mutual interest for us instead of something they worried about. Oh, I see. I know you're a huge fan of Agatha Christie and, and people have compared the two of you. Um, but you're also the queen of, is it, how do you say Nordic noir? Is that what they call the genre? Yeah, Nordic noir, yeah. So explain what that is. What are the differences? Uh, well, I do think that Nordic noir, and if you compare it to Agatha Christie, uh, I do think we're very influenced by the Anglo-Saxon um, you know, tradition of crime writing. It's quite old school, whodunit, red herrings, more than car chases and guns. We, we do enjoy the kind of a bit slower, old fashioned mysteries, but in the Nordic Noir, we've also included a lot of what's going on around us in society and the environment. Um, people seem to love reading about the Nordic countries. Well, it seems like there's, a, in your books, there's a lot of, um, it's a psychological thriller. You're really seeing you know, all sides of, of a person. It's really building a character, it seems. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very interested in psychology and especially the dark sides of human nature. And I've always read a lot of books, even as a child, about profiling, uh, about psychopaths, about the psychology behind serial killers. So I've really always been very interested in finding out why people do these things. Uh, and that is something that always comes across in my books. I always try to explain that and the reader doesn't have to sympathize with the murderer, but at least I want the reader to understand why he or she did this. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And I'm a true crime fanatic. I'm such a nerd when it comes to crime and I've always been. So um, I've, I've done research my entire life for writing crime thrillers. It's just something that, what is it about it? Just the mystery of it or what? It's the psychology behind it. Uh, I always, you know, read a lot about the recent uh, crime cases. I mean, it's my passion. It's my hobby. And it's, it's such a gift to be able to have your hobby as your job. It's the best. You came off of an international book tour for the Golden Cage. Not that yeah. long ago, right? No, it was uh, this spring, early this spring, before Corona. Okay, so you just came off of that. You just had a yeah. soap opera that, that, <laughs> that's filming. You have, I mean, you're, you're the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs. I mean, you have all these things going on. You've been writing the Super Charlie series too, does it? Yep. Is it? Children's books. Yeah, and then you've got a jewelry company. company. I mean, how are you doing all of this? Well, uh, I'm, I'm quite a restless soul and I've always enjoyed to work. And since my work, as I said, is, since my hobby is 
my work, uh, it's easier to find the energy than if you hate your job. And I just love my job. And, and so then my other question is, with all these other little things going on, where do you find the space or where do you have to go to, do you have to quiet your mind to get these stories to come out or what do you do to get yourself in the right place to have these stories come out? Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's a mix of, I do enjoy reading books, but I, I'm a big TV and movie fan. I watch my husband and I, we watch so many TV series. We usually watch like eight at the same time that we follow. And I just think it's so relaxing. If I've been writing a whole day, I just think it's great to watch a, a really good TV series. So for me, that is relaxation. And cook. I love to cook. I can cook for hours. And my husband is an MMA fighter, so he has to have like weight goals to... Uh, and he's complaining. He said it was so much easier to, to keep his weight goals before we met. Because well, I'm a feeder. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm a feeder. Well, you actually have two cookbooks, too. I forgot about those. Yeah, with, uh, together with a friend of mine who's one of Swedish best chefs. So we did those together. What are you writing right now? At the moment, I'm actually writing on a new secret project. So I really can't... Um, tell you but it's going to be something really really exciting and i'm working on two movie scripts as well so that's a new um that, that's a new thing for me movie scripts based on your books are completely new uh completely new i've just started a movie production company together with um two two very good friends of mine who are brothers one is a um, very well-known director in sweden and baker karim and his brother alex karim is a very well-known uh, actor in sweden well he's done a, a leading role against nicholas cage in the u.s as well and he had a leading role in an american series called tyrants uh, so he's he's an international actor but we started uh, bad flamingo productions Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun talking with you. I've really enjoyed our time Thank together. you so much. Thanks for having me. That's Sweden's queen of crime, Camilla Lackberg, as we spoke with her in July of 2020 about her latest book, The Golden Cage, by publisher Penguin Random House. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Talking With Authors. Remember, you can watch most of the episodes of this program by going online to hecmedia.org. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. Just search for Talking With Authors on all social media platforms. And if you haven't done so yet, please rate and review this program wherever you get your podcasts. The host and producer of the video version of this program was Angie Weidinger. The editor was Greg Kopp. Supervising producer, Julie Winkle. Production support by Jane Ballou and Christina Chastain. HEC Media Executive Director is Dennis Riggs. The Talking With Authors podcast executive producer is Christina Chastain. This episode's podcast producer and editor was Paul Langdon, and I'm your podcast host, Rod Milam. Special thanks to the St. Louis County Library and The Novel Neighbor. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. This is HEC Media. You wake up, you get dressed, you prepare for a day of challenging and inspiring young minds, but maybe all you get is frustration and anxiety. You are a teacher. In the Classroom Matters podcast, we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of education. We talk to people such as Kim Bearden, co-founder of the Ron Clark Academy, Ken Williams, creator of Unfold the Soul, Teacher of the Year Beth Davey, and so many more insightful educators. 
Because your voice matters, your experience matters, your classroom matters. Classroom Matters with Christy Hool, a new podcast from Educate.today. Subscribe and download now.